The scripture reading for the first Sunday in Advent, the Old Testament reading for the first Sunday in Advent, comes from Isaiah chapter 64, verses 1 through 9. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains might quake at your presence, as when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, and that the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome things that we did not look for, you came down. The mountains quaked at your presence. From of old, no one has heard or perceived by the ear. No eye has seen a God besides you who acts for those who wait for him. You meet him who joyfully works righteousness, those who remember you in your ways. Behold, you were angry and we sinned. In our sins, we have been a long time. And shall we be saved? We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind take us away. There is no one who calls upon your name, who rouses himself to take hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us and have made us melt in the hand of our iniquities. But now, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. Be not so terribly angry, O Lord, and remember not iniquity forever. Behold, please look, we are your people. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, the epistle reading comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 3-9. through 9. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to you, my God. I, think, I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus, that in every way you were enriched in him in all speech and all knowledge, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. By him you are called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Gospel according to St. Mark, the 11th chapter. When they drew near to Jerusalem, to Bethphage and Bethany, at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you, as you enter it, you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord has need of it, 
and will send it back here immediately. And they went away and found a colt tied at a door outside in the street, and they untied it. And some of those standing there said to them, What are you doing, untying the colt? And they told them what Jesus had said, and they let them go. And they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. And many spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut from the fields. And those who went before and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> it is the first Sunday in Advent, dear saints of God. It's a, a brief season in the year that culminates for us on Christmas Eve as we sing carols and read scriptures that remind us, talk about the birth of the baby uh, in Bethlehem. Advent means coming, and it works out wonderfully that we should celebrate this season in joyful anticipation of Christ's second coming, when he will come back again in great glory and power to judge the peoples, and to separate the sheep from the goats, as we read recently, to destroy death forever and to present his bride, the church, to the Heavenly Father. We also celebrate, of course, his first coming. Remember that beautiful time. It's a peaceful time for us because Jesus comes uh, meekly, humbly, as a baby laid in the manger. Isaiah, our reading, and Mark, our gospel, Old Testament and gospel, they both talk about his coming this morning, today, this afternoon in our readings. Uh, the gospel lesson is always a little surprising to me, maybe to you too, uh, because I expect something about Christmas, you know. And here we are at the end of Jesus' life on earth uh, as his uh, triumphal entry. We tend to have our minds focused on that, obviously, because of the decorations here uh, in the chancel. But here Mark reflects, or Mark relates Jesus' coming uh, to Jerusalem for the final time, his triumphal entry. Uh, he relates that to us, uh, and it's a fitting reading for Advent uh, when we talk about coming. Isaiah is saying, uh, God, I wish you would rend the heavens and come. Uh, the crowds are shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming of our father, the kingdom of our father, David. Hosanna in the highest. And Hosanna is a word that means, it's a Hebrew word, it means save us or save us now. The crowd was calling for Jesus to be and to act as the Messiah as the Savior, as the one who would come to release them from the yoke of uh, oppression that the Romans had thrown over them. And to release them from the evil 
of that day. And in this point, Mark in the Gospel parallels that reading where Isaiah writes, Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains might quake at your presence, as when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, and that the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome things that we did not look for, you came down, the mountains quaked at your presence. And Isaiah is calling for God to do that, to tear open the heavens, rend the heavens, and come, come and save us. Save us like you did. Come like you did at Mount Sinai when the top of the mountain was cloaked in fire and smoke. The call is for God to come near, to tear open the heavens and come help the people. Isaiah says that because he has witnessed uh, the Assyrian army come and take away the northern kingdom. <clears throat> and this should have been a warning to Israel. should have been a wake-up call to them, to uh, Jerusalem, to Judah, the southern kingdom. But of course, it was not. Come down, God Almighty. Destroy evil and set things right. Come down and destroy those who oppress your people. Isaiah says, because you are on the side of the righteous. That's what God says there. He's on the side of the righteous. And Isaiah recognizes that Israel and Judah are not righteous. They are apostate. They have forgotten the true and only God. And Isaiah confesses this to God, confesses Israel's unrighteousness. Famous words, words that we know well. We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. There is no one who calls upon your name, who rouses himself to take hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us, and have made us melt in the hand of our iniquities. This, uh, this term that all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. That garment, I don't think we can be too strong here. I was thinking about like a, a rag after working on the car. You know, it's just full of oil and grease. You just want to throw it away, right? You don't want it to touch anything. But that's maybe not strong enough either. It's, it's probably more like uh, a dirty diaper or something like that. We're all familiar with that, okay? It is, it stinks. It is horrific. It's terrible. You don't want anything to do with it, right? Honey, it's your turn, right? <clears throat> God, through Isaiah, says that's what our good works are like. That's really hard to imagine because I, I feel in my heart, in my flesh, like if I'm doing something good, God would like it. Yeah, and there we can talk about works done in faith and works done without faith. We can talk about all of that. But the picture that Isaiah is presenting here, the picture that God through Isaiah is presenting, is that you dare not rely on any of your works for salvation. You dare not rely on any of them to be something that makes God happy with you. All of our righteous acts are like filthy, filthy rags. This, of course, is the plight of all people, not just 
Israel in Isaiah's day. All have sinned. All deserve God's wrath. Isaiah says that God comes to meet him who joyfully works righteousness. But we have to admit that that's not us. <laughs> not in our flesh, at least. Our righteousness really looks and smells like a polluted garment. And it's no wonder, then, that Isaiah says that God has hidden his face from Israel. That's what Israel deserved for their sin. They had abandoned God. God should abandon them. That's what all people deserve. That's what we've earned. We've earned captivity. We've earned estrangement from God. And in the midst of our sin, even as mankind is an enemy of God, Paul says, Jesus comes. Jesus comes. In our gospel reading, there are six words that I would pick out of there. We're familiar with the story, but kind of just above the middle of the, of the passage there, where Jesus tells the disciples, and then the disciples tell the other person, the Lord has need of it. The Lord has need of it. Because the Lord is working. The Lord is working salvation. In the midst of all the troubles, all the evil, all the sin, all the opposition to Jesus, the devil's temptations, the devil's um, putting the people against the Christ, again, in all of that, the Lord is working, God is working salvation. And the disciples come into the city because the Lord needs this donkey. <laughs> the Lord needs this little piece, this little detail to satisfy the, the prophecy of Zechariah. Zechariah 9.9 that says, See, your king comes to you humble, riding on a donkey. Don't ever think that the Lord is not working based on circumstances. The Lord is working. The Lord rent the heavens and came down, not as the commander of the armies of Israel, like the people were hoping for, but as the Lamb of God come to bear the sins, come to atone for the sins of all humanity. As Romans says, Romans 5.8, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And Christ's sacrifice, giving his life for ours, suffering the punishment for our sins, this shows God's great love for humanity. And not just for humanity in general, but Christ died for you. Christ died for you. His sacrifice was for you. Because each one of us is knit together by God in our mother's womb. You are, you are known by God, and not just you and your body, but your life, your pain, your sorrows, your joys, your hopes and dreams. He knows your struggles. He hears your prayers. And he promises to work good for you because you are his. 
And Isaiah has a great picture there. But now, O Yahweh, you are our father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. Be not so terribly angry, O Lord, and remember not iniquity forever. Behold, please look, we are all your people. Even though we've sinned against God, and even though we deserve death and hell, still God is our loving Father. And why is that? Is it because we're trying really hard? That certainly won't clean our filthy garment. Is it because we're faithful church attenders? Is it because we're really pretty good people? No. It's because we are the work of his hands. And I love this image of the potter and the clay. And I want you to think about that for a minute. The potter takes this unshaped mass of clay and he throws it down on the wheel. And then he gets that wheel spinning and then he starts to push on the clay. And if we're thinking about it as our life, you know, there are things in our life that hurt. You can think that way if you want. You know, he's pushing on it, he's molding it, he's shaping it. He gets it to go and push it, pushes it into the shape that he wants it to be. And now he adds some water and uh, as the shapeless lump starts to take shape, he smooths it with his fingers he pushes his fingers down inside of it and hollows it out. And as it gets closer and closer to what he wants it to be, he's touching all of it, he's smoothing it, more water, rounds it out so carefully. And soon the shapeless mass is transformed into a thing of beauty. Not an inch of clay that the potter hasn't touched and smoothed and shaped. Not one part of the beautiful piece that wasn't molded by his fingers. And each piece that he makes is unique, made for a purpose. And then you can imagine him removing it from the wheel and putting his name on the bottom of it. And each one of you were carefully fashioned by the fingers of God. I'm not talking figuratively. I'm not talking in some spiritual way. I'm talking literally. You are knit together in your mother's womb. God's fingerprints are on you. Each one of you lovingly fashioned. Each day of your life known before one of them came to be, the psalm says. You are loved by your heavenly Father. And I, I like the way Paul begins his letter here. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Not destruction and captivity and judgment and hell, which is what we deserve, but grace and peace. These are yours. And Paul can write this precisely because God did rend the heavens and come down not as a judge to destroy evil and us sinners along with it, but as a baby in his mother ar mother's arms, of the same clay as you are, a sinless baby knit together, fashioned in, his, in the potter's hand into a vessel that would carry the sins of humanity. 
the incarnate Savior who came to take our filthy rags and God's anger and punishment and by his sacrifice make us clean and pure and holy. This is why we can call God our Father. This is why I, as your pastor this morning, can announce that for Christ's sake, your sins are forgiven. That they're removed from you as far as the east is from the west. Christ's atoning work is why I can speak to you as Paul did and say grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. God has laid his hands on us like a potter shaping and molding clay. And we can say with certainty that we can still feel his shaping on us. He's not done with us. He's still smoothing us, getting us into the shape that he wants us to be each day of our lives. And he's doing that for a purpose. He has a purpose for you. A purpose that we may never recognize, really, or understand. After all, God's ways are so much higher than our ways. He's made each one of us just so, and in our baptism, he has put his name on us, claimed us as his own instruments. A potter doesn't make a pretty potter a beautiful picture for no reason. Maybe you've seen some piece of pottery. Maybe you, you have an heirloom or something. Uh, maybe it was your mother's or your grandmother's or somebody like that, somebody from the past, some nice piece that they used to put out. Maybe you remember seeing it at Thanksgiving dinners or something like that, maybe Christmas. And the piece is beautiful in its own right, but what makes it a treasured heirloom is the blessings that came from it. The ways that your mother or grandmother or somebody blessed people through it. Maybe it was a pitcher and blessings were poured out. It's this great memory that you have and it's good to be reminded maybe as we look at objects like that that we are the clay and that God is the potter. God isn't just molding and shaping us into a beautiful piece of pottery for no reason. He's molding and shaping us carefully into vessels that will pour out his grace and blessing and love into the lives of other people. And so this Advent season, may we give thanks to the God who loved us so much, who rent the heavens and came down, came to die and to rise, to remake us in our baptism into beautiful creations, vessels that he can use to bring his love and his care to the world. And this Advent season, may we be watchful, even as we pray again that God would rend the heavens and come down, this time to take us and all believers to himself. In the name of Jesus, amen.